All right. We're here? We're here. Who's this guy in the room? We have a we have a G. Who he's from France. Hey, he's from France? Yeah. <laughs> I am from France. You are from France. I'm gonna turn you up a little bit. Cherchons yeah. le savoir. Turn up his mic and night. So we're lucky to have yes. here our own G. Yes. Guillaume, yes, uh, who run, is the VP of Growth at Drift, mm -hmm. is a superstar, mm -hmm. and uh, is a former Drift customer. Mm -hmm. We've t you've probably seen him on the Mad Scientist videos that we have on our blog. If you haven't, go back, watch that. But we're lucky to have the G here, and he's going to drop some science on us. Yeah, we've been wanting to have G in for a minute, but he's here. We figured we wouldn't Skype you. You're here. You're here in person. So, G, uh -huh. glad to have you here. Super glad to be here, and I'm super proud to be on the uh, Seeking Wisdom podcast, which I've been listening uh, forever now. Forever, forever. Yeah, now. yeah that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> All like right, there's more than a hundred episodes now. Yes, over a uh, hundred episodes. Like awesome guests. That's right, and but now you're one of them, superstar. Mm -hmm. Actually, I just looked at the the most popular episodes from the past year, 20, 2017. Bro, you giving away secrets on the air? I looked we're at recording. them all. Uh huh. All guests. The top five episodes, all guests. Yeah. So we're doubling down. Makes so sense. So are you saying G has to be on that list? I don't know. I'm saying no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right. Pressure. So so you're yeah. you're here. You're here right now. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna publish this episode uh, in a couple weeks. We okay. have some big news that we have coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, we are launching mm -hmm. a brand new a brand new product to make it easier for sales reps to have better conversations yep. with the people that they're trying to sell to. Uh, that news will all be out, but like Gee, you're here because this is the thing you've been working on since mm -hmm. you since you actually actually got to drift. And I don't mm -hmm. seek people don't listen to seeking wisdom because we're gonna get in the weeds on the tactics. But I think there's something bigger here, mm -hmm. which is like that marketers and salespeople we've we've broken the tools that we have relied on so much over uh -huh. the last. That's why we can't give them any good. That's stuff. why we can't give it any good stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the nice. Thing but this is like this is like the fundamental them. like this is the core of like why you guys started drift in the first place. Like this, yeah. what do you call yeah. it? You call it like arbitrage, like a uh, arbitrage. Arbitrage. Yeah. 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 The thing that's important is that the it's not the channel that's broken in most cases it's the tool that's broken mm -hmm. when we think of all those channels of like the chat of the email the web yep. often we marketers have broken um let's say the relationship with the customer mm, but the that. channel itself is still valid yep. i mean if someone comes to me and say email isn't working for me a web isn't working for me get out of here email is working great you're yeah. just not using it right yeah, we were talking last night and you used an example where you were like, if you knew X, Y, and Z, if the email was perfectly relevant, like if DC had an amazing conversation with somebody, he loved the person, the person loved him, and that person emailed him an hour later with something, he would follow, he would reply and respond sure. right away because it's all about, um, you know, it's all about intent. It's all about relevancy. Like yeah. that's, that's those how are that my Those are my principles mm -hmm. uh, as, as a growth person. Um, that's what I look at when I try to create a good campaign. It's like, do I know about the intent of that person? Is that person the right fit for my product? Is mm -hmm. that like, like the, and is, am I sending the right message on the right channel? Mm -hmm. And if I have those th four things locked in, I'm good. Because it's all about relevancy, right? So yep. like back to your example, if someone were to send me, I don't read email, so please don't Give send me, me, don't send me an that. email. Please don't send me an email because I don't read them. Please don't. But uh, if you were theoretically to send me an email and say, Hey DC, I want to sell you this map. This map is a map to your to your house, and on the map it shows you location of buried treasure in your yard. I would say that's a damn good email. Yeah, it's like, a damn I good email. email. Yeah. I love email. Yeah, in that case, right? Yeah. You would love that. Why? Because yeah. that was relevant to me. Yeah, that fulfilled the selfish need that I have, right, to find buried treasure in my backyard. And I would say that's the world's greatest email. 
Yeah. So no problem yeah. with the channel, right? Yeah. In that case, exactly. uh, the problem is with the message. And I think, yeah. you know, the thing that we always do in kind of marketing, is we all do it, but especially in marketing, right? Uh, we're all chasing tips and tricks and hacks and shortcuts and this and that. And so we all read, or a lot of us read things that have, um, you know, use this marketing email template, use these words, mm. use this subject line, you know, put emojis here. And so we run out and do that and we do it probably too much. We overuse it. And then the effectiveness goes down. Why? Because the relevancy isn't there. And so then we walk yeah. away and say, this shit doesn't work anymore. Mm. I'm yeah. on to the next thing. Yeah. And, and if we take a step back to that, even uh, I think uh, my life goal. Um, Damn, the skin deep. I yeah. like it. Yeah. My life goal is to create good experiences for prospective customers and for actual customers, for people, mm. right? Whatever their uh, willingness to buy, whatever their uh, budget is, right? And the problem is um, these past years, we've been pretty good at doing that on the very high end. Yeah. You know, like people have huge mm -hmm. budgets. They get great experiences in store or yeah. on web businesses. Well, that's an example we use all the time. Yeah. I, I'm not lucky enough to, to own a Porsche, but like if I had a Porsche, I would walk. Why are you pointing at me? I'm not, I didn't point at you. I <laughs> oh, pointed yeah. in this direction. <laughs> okay. I've heard that that's an amazing experience though. Yeah. They like, in all seriousness, that, that's yeah. an amazing experience. They, they call, they call you and let you know you have they an sure appointment. Do. When yeah. you walk into the store, yeah. they know who yeah. you are, right? Uh -huh. That you didn't uh -huh. ask for any of those things. Yeah. That is the experience yeah. but yeah. that's yeah. only high end and yeah. that's because they know that when you walk in into that uh, kind of shop they predict that your fit is very high mm. and that you, you have the means and so they are investing the time of those awesome salespeople, mm -hmm. relationship managers yeah. on you yep. right because they know that and the problem is that in our world our internet world we don't know anything and so we're not investing anything and so the answer of marketing these past 10 years hasn't been to improve the experience it has been to decrease the cost yes right Ooh, I love and so to massively decrease the cost so that they can create a yield my, my job like why did like why did DC hire me, mm -hmm. right? It's like, that's the question that I can answer. It's not to generate a ton of leads. No. It's not to generate even a ton of sales, whatever the cost, because I, I can offer a Porsche to every person that comes to Drift. <laughs> this is not happening. I'm yeah. not offering a Porsche, but <laughs> said that I did, yeah. right? Of yeah. course people would convert totally. and I'd have sales, right? Yeah. But the yield would be negative. Yeah. My job is to generate the, m the max yield, right, in dollars. That's my job. Yeah. And the answer from people like me in these past years has been to decrease the cost to do that yield. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that decreasing the cost creates awful, shitty experiences. Mm. That's the problem. Well, and this Listen is this the is the fundamental. This is everything, right? This is why this is why BDRs exist, right? This is why marketers yeah. sure. are incentivized to just blast an email out to yeah. hundreds of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. we, we had a. a I, I think we, this needs to be an infographic, but we were talking yesterday. The the average uh, conversion rate on a um, you know outbound cold outbound email is less than one percent. Yeah, and G was like, "Do you know what the average conversion rate on like a scam like a scam phishing uh, t a tactic is?" No, it's like it's roughly the same. <laughs> it's, it's 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 one tenth of that, but like it's it's in the same range. Yeah. And the the crazy idea is that in both cases, the marketer you can think of the the person who does a scam as a marketer mm -hmm. is trying to convince the other person that the message is legit. Mm -hmm. and that the product is good, yes. and that either you've uh, won uh, the Bill Gates lottery, mm -hmm. and uh, this does not exist, right? Yeah. Uh, but they're trying to convince you of that, or that that product is the best one, right? And the reason why I like to compare both is to prove that in both cases, those are awful experiences. Mm -hmm. If you have like a 0.1%, 1% conversion rate on your email, uh, it means that you're annoying 99 people, <laughs> real people, yeah. right, to be able to like, 
sell your product mm -hmm. to one person, and that's pretty close to scam, yep. right? That's that's awful. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the at the other end, people who do really good experiences, people who know how to use that channel, yep. they get 15 to 20% response rates, positive response rates. I've seen a company which has 44% response rate wow. to, their, to their outbound emails, to their cold emails. And it's not because they've actually spent more time, it's just because the message is more relevant. Yep. The relevance of the message, it's good. There is value mm -hmm. in reading that message. Mm -hmm. It's valuable to the person that receives it. It tells you where is that buried treasure in your garden. Yes. I love that idea of, of turning the conversation towards what G just said there, towards what value are you providing, mm -hmm. right? That should, be the, that should be the thing that we ask ourselves as in marketing and sales and growth and just as, as businesses, mm -hmm. what value mm -hmm. are we providing? In every interaction, how does this provide value? Mm -hmm. Actually, I, this is un unrelated to this, but I, I wrote a note to, m to myself this morning because the number one, we were just talking about cold emails and emails that our sales reps have, s have mm -hmm. been sending. Mm -hmm. Just the number one email that they've been sending that gets a response, it goes something like this. The subject line is only forms, question mark. Mm -hmm. And I would email you, I'd say, hey G, um, I noticed you only have forms on your website. Is there any particular reason for that? I have two ideas, but I just want to hear back from you first and I'll let you know. Yeah. And there's so many, there's, there's three different things, I think, in, in the, uh, uh, that. Now, don't go and just copy and paste that because it what? won't work for you. It's not going to work for you. Don't yeah. copy and paste it. But there's a couple things in there that I think that's the, why it works. Number one, it actually asks for permission, right? Most people, the value mm -hmm. thing, mm -hmm. most people email you and say like, hey, David, you're a CEO. Here's my product. Here's, here's what it's going to do. Here, I need to get on your calendar. Here's the link, right? Mm -hmm. The most effective, like we do a lot of content like promotion, right? And so most people who do content promotion, they send you an email and say, David, I wrote this article. Here's a link. Can you share it? Mm -hmm. If you just flip that on and say, hey, DC, I saw you often write about this. Mm -hmm. I wrote an article that I thought you might like. Would it be cool if I send over the link? That yep. flips the entire conversation. Totally. Mm -hmm. And, and that's conversation the whole. conversation is the key, which yeah. is kind of what I've um, been obsessed about, which is I think where there's this, uh, when we think about email, there's this thing that's broken between the two. There's like these marketing, what we think about as marketing emails. And then there's these sales communication emails, right? They're, they're all the same thing. They're just emails. But like in, if you're a salesperson, you know, like ideally, you know, that the most important thing for you to begin your, the journey is to start a conversation, right? And that's <laughs> why we're conversational marketing. But we as marketers in growth, like we've just been taught to like throw up and, sh and sh uh, show up and throw up, mm. right? Sorry, I'm ESL, mm -hmm. English is a second language, just like G. And, uh, and instead we kind of just blast versus doing what you just did in that email, which is like all you're trying to do is start the conversation, right? And, yeah. uh, and that's kind of a big problem that I've seen in, in the way that we send marketing What emails. is the, so this is like, but this is the core of, of Drift, like your vision, mm -hmm. five years out, whatever, two years out, mm -hmm. you, like how does this, how does this play into what, what you think the future of, and, and just forget us at Drift, like the future of how businesses are gonna, are gonna do things. Uh, you know, I think it's all, you know, um, it's all that wave pattern, right? It's all cycles. And I think the cycle has been to do what G has said, which is we've gone so extreme on one end of the cycle, which is to blast, 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 to drive everything down to the cheapest commoditized, mm. you know, approach, right? Which is this kind of blast approach towards email, right? And dry, and at the same time, if you do that, anything that's a commodity, like if you go buy a commoditized item, uh, by its very nature, because it's a commoditized, it has, you know, it is probably not relevant to some portion of the audience, right? That's why we have specialized things that are relevant to them. And so the same thing when you drive it down to a commodity, like all of a sudden you're driving down relevancy, 
And I think so now what's going to happen is we need to drive back relevancy, right? Because it's just a cycle. We need to go back the other way. And the way to drive back relevancy, we all have ideas on doing that, is, is probably by starting a conversation with someone uh, with some kind of knowledge, which is this is what G talks a lot about, and I'd love for him to talk about it, which is like understanding someone's intent, mm. right? Yeah. Which is that's how you start a conversation. Yeah. And I can dive into that, but first I want to... Uh, I'd say piggyback on what you just said on the conversation and on the channels we said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like a few years back, I think I had this like light bulb moment when I was able to predict the fit of people during the sign up process. Once I knew that company, I knew their email. Mm-hmm. I knew the intent because they were uh, it was trying to sign up, and yeah. I knew they were like likely to pay. And the usual motion for a marketer was to follow up with an email from a sales rep to try to get a meeting. Right, mm-hmm. and I felt that just sounded stupid because they're on my site right now, yeah. and and they're trying to sign up, and I know that they're likely to get a bad experience in my app mm-hmm. because they're they're very high end, and we just need to customize, we need to help them, mm-hmm. right? And so we were all planning for them to have a bad experience and try to save them the next day. Yeah, that just sounds weird, right? <laughs> I said, well, it is weird. DC, the the example DC hit me with like over a year ago was like. This is the best example that, that I've heard is like, that's like getting somebody to come in your store and then they go home and you send them a postcard and it's like, hey, G, great seeing you the other day. Yeah. We'd love for After you to you come back. After you shitty experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? So put the shitty experience first and yeah. then try to save them. Yeah. And I thought, okay, now if I can do the analysis, the fit score, the intent score fast enough, how can I change the experience to make it more relevant, to make it better? Yep. And the thing I did is just to offer them a one-on-one immediately. And that can be a chat, that can be like a video call, whatever. So the, the channel is not so important. No. Use the channel that's most relevant to where the customer is right now. If the customer is on the website, do something on the website. Mm-hmm. If the customer has left the website, then do something else. Totally. Right? I don't care, but something that has a less friction. Yeah, meet them where they are. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so going back to what you said on uh, intent, I think um, my second life goal, I'd say probably a bit more granular from just giving better experiences, is trying to predict the intent. And so if you think of like uh, marketers, what we all do, we're marketers, which is the old term for like growth marketers, mm-hmm. for these past like 15 years, is we drive people to the website, and once they're there, we try to optimize the funnel. Mm. And we just wait for them. We are super passive. Yep. Right? It's like we, we create different traps on the website. We pop up horrible things. Like just like um, where we try to trap people into giving us their contact details. Um, and the problem is we do that because we only find 1% of the total market that comes to our website. Mm-hmm. Maybe less. Mm-hmm. Right? Often less. Right? And all the others, they're just never coming to us. We don't know where they are. Yep. Right, they're on Google, mm-hmm. they're maybe on a competitor's website, they're somewhere else, right? And they're expressing that intent, you just don't know about it. And so once you've optimized the funnel, well, there's nothing left to do. And, and, that, and that's a horrible thing to say because there's like 99% of your potential market who are just never going to know about you unless you do spray and pray advertising, mm-hmm. spray and pray cold email. And that's something that a lot of us have been doing is we have been spraying and praying a ton these past years mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work. It's, yep. uh, it's, it's still a bad experience. Mm-hmm. And so what I've been trying to do is to try and discover the intent of my potential customers before they come to my website. Mm-hmm. All right? And to try identify who they 
are, what is their pain, and contact them before they contact me. That's good selling, mm-hmm. right? I try to solve that problem because the, before the problem gets too big and before they look into my website or even my competitors, I can pull the work from under my competitors. And I can do that in a very, very positive way by being helpful to yep. them and giving them value. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think once you have like that power to kind of predict intent or to identify the intent, I should say, then all of a sudden like, I don't know, to me it breaks the model. Kind of one, one idea I've always had in my head, which is like, what about if I told you that the funnel never existed? Mm. Right? Because I think this funnel idea has been like good and bad for marketing, good in that it gives them a construct to use, but then bad in that it teaches the, everyone to think that there's this linear process yeah. in this funnel. You know and why it's bad? You know why, why it's bad? Why? Like you have kids. Ha- well, we yeah. all have kids here. Yes, you we know? all have kids. Like you see what the funnel is? When you give them a funnel to fill a bottle, yeah. all the water that comes on the top yeah. goes to the bottom. Yeah. Even my two-year-old can do that with like putting about 90% of the water like yeah, through, exactly, right? Exactly. In a marketing funnel, no. it's not a funnel. The yeah. leads that are the top never get all at the end. Or exactly. Like, like and, you always say. And if you can, uh, sorry to interrupt, but and if you can predict intent or identify intent, then what was the funnel? Because now you're identifying people that never were in that process. Mm, exactly. Or like yeah. you've always said, yeah. the funnel exists to solve a company problem, totally. not a customer problem, mm-hmm. right? The funnel exactly. is you need to see traffic to leads, to ops, to close, yeah. because you got to hit some number. But, versus, but in reality, I don't think that, you know, I don't think it's a good construct because it doesn't map to the way that we actually buy. Like if I, I was looking at G's hot little uh, Apple Watch there mm. with the cellular, with yeah. the red little dot you know on there. He's got the and, I was, and I was thinking like, Maybe I go pick one of those up. And then that made me think like, right. so, okay, I'm going to, we have an Apple store down the road here. If I go into the Apple store to go pick this up. Totally. Like I was never in that funnel. Nope. What was the funnel? But so, yeah. some I, mar- I walked in. Not yeah. at Apple because they don't care about this. But yeah. some, mar- if that was another company, yeah. some marketer somewhere would want credit for that. Yeah. And then they would have to try to figure out what yeah. influenced yeah. you to make yeah. that decision. Yeah. When yeah. really it's just like, shit. I literally just saw your watch and I want to get one, so I got yeah. one. Yeah. And what's awful is that in B2B SaaS, which we are in, uh, most of the time when you're a customer, you're buying, you can experience the stages of the funnel they're trying to push on you. They're trying yes. to like qualify you. Can you. Feel it. Yeah. you can feel it. And that's awful. Like They ask those qualifying questions. Oh, like, so bad. When are you wanting to buy? And what's yeah. your budget? <laughs> what's your budget? You know? Are you yeah. the decision how maker? Many, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm saying like, can I know about the product before yeah. I answer the questions? Exactly. Like, can I see it? Yeah. Can I, can I, exper- yeah. Can I have the experience first? Like, yeah. okay, you want to fill in your sales force, but like, I'm the customer. I don't care about that. That's funny. That we should make a video of that right there. That just could like be another like another video, which yeah. is just like basically them filling out uh, a Salesforce kind of CRM thing yeah. of just like yeah. just asking questions. But you, you know what's what's sad is that sure it's. it's a bad experience for the customer. It's also a bad experience for the sales rep. Yep. Th- these people, they don't enjoy asking those questions mm. and like losing customers who don't want to answer that. Yes. And like it's so like we've created a system which is bad on on both sides. You know, which is like pretty damning if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like sales reps are going to get rep- they get angry replies in their inbox and they're not really sure who's what. What prompted that? Was it email they sent? Was it email marketing yeah. sent? When did they send it? There's no, they don't know why this yeah. guy's in the e- in the yeah. inbox pissed yeah. off. So. Yeah, and and I think one thing, the reason why I went to Intent uh, these past two years is because I discovered fit was not enough when we start going above the funnel. Mm-hmm. So say for example that uh, Nike is you know has a high fit for your company, whatever you sell, right? Mm-hmm. Um, technology or, or whatever. Um, I mean, sure they've got the means to pay, and I'm sure there's like 
a dozen, if not more, people who have the right titles for yep. your product within Nike. Mm-hmm. And so what you're going to do, you're just going to hit them saying, hey, I think you should buy my product. Mm-hmm. That's awful, you know? Um, in, in my past yeah. uh, job, I was selling like some pretty complex uh, server-side B2B technology. And what we found is that you can't just like push that on the people if they don't have a need right now. If they don't yep. have a pain mm-hmm. and say, hey, I can help you solve the pain. Because mm-hmm. you can't change the roadmap and ask them to spend like a few hundred K and go into like a six months uh, implementation cycle yeah. because you want to. Totally, totally. It's yeah, not going to happen. Nope. I want to wrap with this because I think that the wrapper on this is actually a theme that, that you've been talking about and you're going to talk a, a lot about more this year, which is the bigger theme here is this shift from supply to demand, right? Mm-hmm. It's, we're all adapted. We are all going to have to adapt to this because consumers have all the power. Can you just give a quick like... A, a sure. Quick, like how do, or just how do you think we'll, we'll talk more about it. How do you think that that relates to what we're building and what's driving what, everything? Yeah. I think we're, we're shifting from this. Uh, we have shifted from this world where the suppliers, a.k.a. the companies, a.k.a. the people who make the product had all the control. Right. And in that world, you can make people jump through hoops, fill out forms, wait a month, do whatever, because you had all, all the control in the world that is shifted now that uh, all all of the power is moving towards centers of demand, right? Us as the consumers are the people who are creating the demand. We are the demand, and so we can demand things to happen. And so, and in those worlds, that's where the value is. In that world, the company has very little power. And new companies that crop up to address the intent and the customized preferences that they want and make me feel good and make me feel empowered and make me feel all these great things, like those companies are disproportionately taking a bigger share of our wallets because we value those experiences, right? Versus the commoditized things that the, uh, the, the that the um, that the you know seller kind of driven model did. And so in that world, all of a sudden now you have to rethink everything. You have to think about your marketing. You have to think about your sales process. You have to think about like maybe there was no funnel after all. So how do I act in this world? And how do I build something? And how do I you know, do things like that the G is describing that are based on providing value and creating great experiences all along and then betting on the, if you do that and you do that well enough, when there is dem- demand, when there is demand that crops up, when I actually need your product or service, that I'm going to come back to you because I had this memorable experience. Before you wrap up on this, I think there's just one thing about the future that I want to, to like drop here, which is Often we think that to create a great experience, uh, we got to put humans on the line, and mm-hmm. that's that's how we're going to uh, drive that personalized message, yep. that relevance. And and as humans, right now, we give a um, virtual higher perceived value to message that's written by a human, or we think is written by a human, than written uh, by uh, a machine automated. And that's why marketers, and even myself, have to admit, uh, we've uh, impersonated humans because we know yeah. that the perception is going to be higher. Mm-hmm. The problem, actually, it's because of the value. It's because the automated message usually does not have enough value. Yes. What I'm putting down here the, for the future is I believe that within a few years, we will be able, with good AI, to craft better messages with more intent, more context um, with a machine than with a human. The machine will be way more efficient at collecting all of that data than any sales rep would. And so as humans, we got to think, now, how do I evaluate whether I'm going to read and believe in that message or not? Um, what's the value? And I think we should, and I will, I'm, I'm sure, 
I'm just going to base myself on, is this message valuable for me? I don't care mm -hmm. if it was written by a human or by a machine. I don't care if the car that drove me here is self-driving mm -hmm. or not. Did I get there safely? Mm. All right? That's what's important for me. Is the service delivered the right one? Totally. It's the right thing. It's the same thing for the message. It's the same thing. It's people want people want holes, not shovels. It's the yeah, same thing. Couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that's that is where the future is gonna go. And I think it's you know, right now it's people, but like we always use the example of like when I search on Google, I don't care how those results came back. I just care that I had a great experience, exactly. that the value was there, that it was relevant to me. And in some cases there were a lot of people behind the scenes that fixed that in order for me to have a good experience. In other cases, it was totally machine-driven. I don't actually care. All I care about, we are all selfish humans. We care about, like, did I get a good experience? Yeah. Did I have, you know, uh, great value in this exchange? And, and that's what I care about. And so that's, I think, where we're going to move. I totally agree. Like, and I think we're pretty close uh, in terms yeah. of history to getting there. Love yeah. it. All right, send us out of here. All right. You know, you know the what drill. to do. Okay, things have been picking up a little bit. <laughs> I've been seeing some reviews come in. If you like the G, you want to have the G back on, you need to tell us in the comments. Open up that. You know what I learned? Back in the day when we started this podcast, you had to go open up your laptop, open up iTunes. Can you leave reviews now? Now you can leave reviews. On, so open up your iPhone, load up the podcast app, Apple podcast app. Shh. In the podcast app itself, no way. you can leave a six-star review. Amen. Uh, worst case, five-star review. Okay. Leave a comment for the G in there. Tell them the best thing about France that you love. Whoa. And he will, he will reply and let you know if it's I correct I think I'm going to have to get the rights to some French hip-hop to, to put on this Oh, episode. man, let's get some French hip-hop on <laughs> this. I love let's French hip-hop. Let's get hip -hop. some French hip-hop. Let's All do right, it. Thanks, All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.